Hi, this is Peter Rivera, and I'm the original drummer and lead singer of the group Rare Earth. We've had a long career, 50 years. We've played all over the world. We've recorded many, many albums and lots of hit singles. I'm going to talk about them all. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the stories. So the band would complain about different things from the management level and complain about Alan Rosefield and complain, complain, complain. Even to the point of where we were complaining against each other. So I would go talk to the guys in the band and I'd get, this guy has this, this guy has this issue and this issue. And I said, okay guys, let's go in, see the manager and have a meeting. So we'd go in to have the meeting and I would basically say, okay guys, let's tell the manager what you told me. And all of a sudden I realized that a little more, a little more drug stuff a little bit and uh, people kind of quieted up. All of a sudden they didn't have their issues that they wanted to complain about. So I felt like, what the heck are we doing here? So it, it turned into like the manager had the band over here and then I was over here. And I had no one to turn to except, you know, like Alan Rosefield and, and uh, well, that's pretty much it. And then myself. And so I was getting kind of depressed about it. And there came a time where I went to Florida and I was with, uh, I was at Barney Ellis as the VP of Motown. <clears throat> I was at his house as the whole band was from time to time. We were at his house, but this time here I was. And Alan was there too, because I told you before that Alan, you know, used to work for Barney. It wasn't a conflict of interest. He, Barney cared a lot about the group. I was good friends with Barney. Alan was good friends with Barney, good friends with me. So we would talk and we did. Uh, he lived in Miami and gosh, I remember the day we were in the pool. We were just kind of bobbing around talking, hey, blah, blah, blah. And Alan had pointed out to me that our management was really not doing a great job that managers are kind of supposed to do. It was more or less the manager was becoming a star in his own eyes. And uh, we were all losing contact. It was time to uh, possibly get a different manager. You see, Ron was really good in the beginning in Detroit. He really cared a lot about the right and wrong and how to really do the quality work and all that was really good. In Los Angeles, it became like a Hollywood scene. Ron was right on Sunset Boulevard there with the office and the big Excalibur car and uh, kind of flashy this, flashy that and was slowly losing the contact with us because we were out there living in our houses and trying to get together to rehearse and uh, it just wasn't working anymore. It's just like it was said early on, if we go to LA, there's so many distractions. Well, it was right. There was distractions and, and unfortunately things were falling apart. 
So we had decided that uh, I would call, we would call the manager, Ron Strasner, and tell him that you're no longer my manager and that I will come back in town here uh, after tomorrow, which was a Sunday. And uh, that's the way it's going to be. So I decided to leave the band. And I told Alan and Barney, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do now for a manager and all this. And Barney agreed to, you know, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll be there for you. And Alan, of course, I'll be there for you. And we flew back to Los Angeles. And the next morning, Monday, went right to the bank and went to the president of the bank and I said, look, uh, I've left the manager and I anticipate that there's going to be some kind of lawsuit. And so would you do me a favor and take the profit sharing money and put a hold on it to be determined in the future by, uh, you know, a verdict in whatever might be the court case that might be coming. So the manager agreed to do that. And I found out later that shortly after I left the bank, a couple guys came from the band to the bank to try to withdraw the profit-sharing money. Because you got to understand, they believed that I was stealing all this money. And, and it just wasn't. It, it had gotten so bad the mistrust was incredible. So he kept the money aside and they didn't get it. Well, then that's what started the big lawsuit. The next thing I knew, I was being served with papers claiming that I was stealing the profit sharing money and I was taking the name Rare Earth and leaving everybody behind. And that was not the truth. So naturally, I called Alan right away and said, hey, this is what's going on. And so we had some meetings and Alan secured a uh, an attorney named Cesar Guazzo, who was a big time New York attorney. And it began all this talk and cease and desist orders and, you know, just just stuff that I'm not going to get into because it's just too boring and it's all a bunch of crap anyways. But months and months and months went on and finally there is a trial in New York. I have Cesar Guazzo and Alan Rosefield and they, which was the Rare Earth guys, headed by Gil Bridges and Ron Strasner, the manager, and all that. And they had about, I don't th I think like five attorneys. And here was our court date. And uh, I had been in New York now for about two, three weeks, just going over depositions and, and taking depositions and doing that kind of thing. And then we went into the trial, and the trial began. And... Uh, Eventually, the trial went on for quite a while, 
And what happened was it was determined, the judge says, hey, Peter, you're really not taking the name, are you? And I said, no, I'm not at all. And I, nobody had any proof of that. And the profit sharing money, well, nobody had any proof other than the bank saying that the money is secure and the courts will determine what happens. So that went on for quite a while. Now, Ron Strasser, the manager, was not in the court case, the trial, because that was the rare earthers suing me. And the judge came down with it and said, look, uh, you're not taking the name and profit sharing is protected and all this. And he said that you guys, rare earth, you had no reason to sue Peter. So the judge called us back into his uh, chambers, my attorney and their attorney. And he says, look, you had no reason to really sue Peter, so why don't you guys take the name Rare Earth and continue on and pay off Peter? Because the nut of the whole thing was we had a corporation, I was the president, and they had meetings without, without notifying me, even though we weren't talking. Uh, but that's illegal. You can't do that. So therefore, I was okay. They, they, I was found not guilty, and they had to settle with me. So they offered, in the chambers, he offered, he says, why don't you uh, make an offer to settle for Peter? And they said, no, nah, we're not giving him a penny. We're not doing any of that. He says, okay, we'll go back out, and I'll charge the jury, and we'll let the jury figure this out. So back in the courtroom and the jury goes off for deliberation and they came back and I was not guilty. And I forget how much the settlement was. It was pretty substantial. And uh, we all walked away. That was it. It was done. And they went back to doing some shows and we had to, of course, send a letter to him saying, hey, quit using Peter Rivera in your advertisements. He's not there anymore. And, you know, and, and I was doing really nothing. So at the same time when I left the band, Mike Urso, the bass player, he wanted to stick with me, so he quit the band too. And, I mean, I liked Mike. We were friends. He was a good guy for the band, but I didn't necessarily want him to, like, cling to me as I'm leaving this. I was doing it on my own. So, Alan and, 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 and Barney still wanted, they cared about my, my future, of course. So, I got the chance to go to Motown and make a two-album deal. In the meantime, the Rare Earthers had, had continued and they, they actually did a new album. I think they called it Back to Earth. And I went off and said, well, you know, what am I going to do here? So I got a hold of Tom Baird and asked him if he'd be interested in putting together uh, a project with me and, of course, Mike. So we got together at my house. I, I ordered up and rented a grand piano. 
And uh, Tom came over and I had my drums set up and there was an amp there for the bass. And we just started having some casual little jamming together, playing around, fooling around. And we, we started to try to write some songs, Tom and I. And uh, he would come over every day at, uh, well, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. And we would start tossing ideas around and you know pretty soon it's six o'clock at night and uh we'd have a little something to eat and then tom would leave and just come back the next day at nine every single day and i kind of thought well you know this is a little bit overdone well i talked to tom about it and i told him that over the years whenever i got together to write songs you know i'd sit down with somebody it would do like an hour or two maybe three and that's it the songwriting session is kind of over that day you know and then maybe a couple days later back again for another couple hours three hours and tom he was of the of the school that says you go to work at nine in the morning till six at night and you do that every day so, okay, that's what we did. He would come, nine in the morning. We would write. We got a couple songs. We got a couple more songs. And and in the meantime, we got a deal with 20th Century Music to be staff writers. And we wrote four or five songs, and things were pretty good. And actual 20th Century was paying us a salary every week. And so, hey. Hey, this is pretty good, I thought, you know. So as time went on, we were putting together a, an album, and we called it Hub for Horlbeck, Urso, and Baird. We wrote some of the songs, and some other songs we decided to do. Things like Anyone Who Had a Heart, and we did Sail Away. And then we did a few of ours, and that was Hub. And we got word through Alan that Barney Ellis was going to leave Motown. So we hurried up into our second album of the two-album deal, and we called this record Cheetah by Hub. And there were lots of songs on that album, and... and uh, so both of them were done now, and Barney was leaving the company, so he made arrangements to talk to Al Corey. And Al was the uh, president of Capitol Records. So over to Capitol we go, and shaking hands and meeting everybody, and we got these two albums going on. And we want to get ready for the release of it. And lo and behold... Al Corey was going to leave Capitol. So he did. And we met the new vice president or new president of Capitol. And we were talking to him and he told me, he said, I have these two albums and we're going to release the albums, but we're not going to promote them because I am not a fan of Rare Earth, never have been, and I don't really think 
that we've got an album worth promoting here. I didn't know what to say, and I didn't know what to do. One, two, three. Well, thanks for listening. My name is Peter Rivera, original lead singer-drummer of Rare Earth, and I really appreciate that you've listened to these podcasts. I hope you come back and check out more. I've got a lot ahead of us and a lot of the story for you, so come on back and hang with me for a while. I bring you flowers, baby, because you're the best. I'm going to treat you so much better than all the rest. I pull the chair out for you, open and close.